Welcome to Go Into All the World. Now here's your host, Gary Griffinhagen. Wilson, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, two of the last three programs we've kind of centered or talked about the Christmas story. I want to kind of review those today, and I'm going to title this podcast and this radio show called Why the Miraculous? Um, remember the Christmas story, of course, it talks about the birth of Christ, but we saw there was much, in my mind, miraculous woven throughout the story. So again, why would we call this program Why the Miraculous? Or why do I believe the Holy Spirit wants us, okay, as far as the listeners here and the listeners on the podcast, to consider the miraculous? Again, to view what we saw and consider it. Well, first of all, I want to make a, kind of a mini disclaimer that the <clears throat> this radio show and the podcast, they're not made to dictate or push doctrine, okay? Um, I don't think that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do here. And I don't think that's what the Holy Spirit wants to say. Now, in my mind, the Holy Spirit is the one that is able to give and leads people into doctrine, whether it's your church or yourself or, you know, your group or your home group or your home cell group and things like that. In my mind, my job is to comment on the verses in the study, okay, as well as give some examples from my stories or just general examples that help you as you go into all the world. All right, well, let's go to the three main verses that Jesus mentioned when he talked about going into all the world. Mark 16, 15, it mentions preaching the gospel, but it also names signs that would follow those who go. These signs, of course, included casting out demons, speaking with new tongues, taking up serpents, not by hurt, not being hurt, excuse me, by drinking or any deadly thing, and, of course, laying hands on the sick. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 said, Go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I, Jesus, have commanded. Okay? Luke 24, 46 through 49 says, or it kind of reviews how that Jesus was, it was necessary for Jesus to suffer, then rise from the dead on the third day, and that we can see, okay, by his death, that our sins are remitted, so the remission of sins then is going to be preached in his name to all nations. And of course, in the Luke verse, he kind of, or the Luke verses, he's kind of ended with telling disciples, wait until he, okay, Jesus, okay, so he sent the promise of his father, and until they, the disciples, were endued with power from on high. We know that they did get endued with power from on high, but in this case, Jesus told them to wait. Now, we're not in the same place as the disciples, so we don't necessarily need to wait, all right? Well, let's look and see what Jesus is teaching in these verses or what these verses teach us. Um, in summary, Jesus is saying that all believers will preach, teach, and do signs. We know that preaching is generally to non-believers, trying to proclaim the gospel. How does somebody get saved and know that people are sinners and they're just not right with God? Um, teaching, of course, is for disciples or believers or people that are following him. How do they follow better? How do they grow? How do they mature? maybe learn their identity they have to say well i can in this grace i now stand well what grace is that and how am i standing and how do i stand um and finally signs well signs can impact believers or non-believers okay we're gonna look a little bit at that today and as you remember in the christmas story there was many signs if you want to call it that for people that we would say were believers or followers of christ or people that would be followers of him okay John and his parents, of course, um, Joseph and Mary, um, the shepherds, 
okay? So people that were either close to him as he got born, was born, so to speak, or people that was in his lives, they wanted to see or they did see signs, okay? And again, I, I just want to emphasize to you that when you go into all the world, you're going to help both believers and unbelievers. And I think that's a wonderful thing because God wants us to touch lives. He says in the word to do good to all people, especially those of the household of faith. So if you remember a lot of the stories I have, and there's probably a hundred or so, that maybe 30 or 40 percent are with believers. I'm going on my way to try to share the Lord with people. But once you get that kind of spirit, once you get that kind of, I'm going to go out, I'm going to, and you start looking for things. And I think God, of course, brings things to you as well. It just seems as you're looking for things, things seems to happen. <clears throat> so you're going to be able to impact lives all around the world. And when you go, when you go, you share God's love, God's power, and finally his kindness. So these three things, I think, is what really is happening is when people go. They're sharing God's love. God loves people. Next, God loves, okay, to speak, he loves, but he has power to help those people that he loves. You know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Those are things that need, okay, if you want to call it that, <clears throat> need some power, okay? Now, it's God's power, but it's resident in us. Remember what Jesus said, go wait till you're endued with power from on high. So it's not like there's something that we just have to kind of get every day. It's a power that's inside of us. We want to let it out. And God wants to work through us to touch lives, okay? Finally, he wants to show his kindness to people. Jesus was very kind. He impacted lives around him right and left. People came to him. He went to people. He saw people. They saw him, da-da-da-da-da. And if you think about it, Jesus touched both of the same thing. Believers are people that were followers of him or believed on him. And then, of course, people that didn't. Now, a lot of times the signs are what really, if you want to call it, drew the people. And then, like in the case of the apostles, they saw the signs. They did some signs themselves. But the signs kind of reawakened or energized the people. And then the people came and then listened to the preaching. So again, signs is something that's trying to help produce the gospel going out. Don't Please don't take it as something that's just... It's, it's an end to itself. No, this is not the Gary Griffin Hagen show or the Earl Roberts show or something like that. God is the one that's the healer. God's the one that's, in, if you want to call it, the power behind us or the power that works through. But he wants us to know, A, you have the power and I want to use it. Okay, why would God want us to, quote, go in and cast out and heal the sick and raise the dead? Well, God wants to meet needs, okay? He sees the needs of the people. Just remember how Jesus saw that and had compassion on them. Next, God wants to demonstrate his power. This is the God of heaven and earth. This is like Elijah said, the biggie, okay, compared to the other, the false prophets, the 400, 800 false prophets and all their little bell gods or whoever they were, okay? This guy is going to show himself strong, okay, on our behalf. So as I go into all the world and there's a need, God's trying to show himself strong through me because I'm the one in front of the need and I need to meet the need or I want to try to meet the need, okay, as best I can. Next, God wants to show, okay, his power because he wants to destroy the works of the devil. So if you want to destroy the works of the devil, a couple ways to do it. Cast out the sick, raise the dead, da-da-da-da-da. 
also you can teach and preach the truth. Because a lot of times people are bound up, all right? They're bound up in their spirit or their mind or their emotions or whatever. But they're bound up because of the lies they believe. And God wants to break those three. You remember this couple stories I laid hands on people that were very oppressed in their mind or mentally oppressed? Well, God can say, boom, lay hands on the sick. Or sometimes maybe teach them a verse, teach them this, teach them this. Here's why they're not walking right. Or how do I learn to do this, somebody may ask you. Or how do I learn to do that? Well, you can give them truth, okay? You can give them, like the Bible says, teach them all things that I've commanded. Then they can begin to walk in the miraculous. And basically maybe just say, better, they can walk in their freedom right away. And that's what God wants us to do is meet those needs through us, okay? Meet those needs through us. And I would just ask you, look, look at the current world. Do you think they need some signs and wonders? Do you think they need some healings? Do you think maybe they need a few people raised from the dead? I would say in our world that would be very effective, okay? There's a lot of people that kind of try to deny God and things like that. Um, well, they're wrong. But they try to deny him and they try to hurt others. So it may be incumbent upon us to do, quote, something miraculous in the sense that God works through us something miraculous. Because it would open the mouths of those that are blind or the eyes of those that are blind and open the mouths that are dumb. They don't know there's a God in heaven and earth. Or maybe they're trying to reject him or don't care about him or whatever. So they need something that will kind of wake them up and grab them. And I believe sometimes signs and wonders may be the answer. Well, let's go to a couple of my stories right now. And <clears throat> you just kind of, I want to kind of summarize again. Remind you, I, I got started, okay, because I was sitting out in my front yard trying to decide, okay. I, you know, I'd studied abroad for a couple of years, so I was kind of used to being gone or abroad and, you know, felt fine doing it. It wasn't something I was like, you know, like it was a problem or a burden. So I kind of assumed that God would send me somewhere. You know, I spoke Spanish and speak some French and, Anyways, as I'm sitting there kind of contemplating this, where might I meet a missionary? The Holy Spirit again said to me, how about going next door? Uh, wow, I had never thought of that. I've never heard of that. Now I'd done some door-to-door work, okay, with a church. We kind of laid out the streets in an area and took like one block at a time. But this was different. It was like talk to people in your own sphere. There's no like church program. Just talk to people as you walk about and go into all the world. Well, again, that to me was was very revolutionary. And I'd only been saved a few years, so I'm not going to say it was some fantastic teaching or something that I got, because I, I really didn't know too much. But I did start going. I went over and talked to a realtor, too, who's literally next door. And after that, I started going, you know what? I'm going to go out and just keep sharing with people. Um... <clears throat> And my goal, of course, and I, I, I say this because for a lot of you, sometimes when people mention miracles or signs and wonders or this lady got slain in the spirit and was touched in the middle of a pizza parlor, that might just seem kind of odd to you. And you might, I could never do that. Or I would be very uncomfortable doing that. Well, again, when I went out, I went out to share the Lord. I went out to witness to people. I didn't go out necessarily to lay hands or not lay hands. But, and here's something else I want to encourage you in, as you hear and as you see things, and that's what happened to me, I heard of people laying hands on the sick. I saw a lady at Melody Land, just right across the street from Disneyland. A tumor just fell right off of her body, right in front of people. 
No, that doesn't normally happen, okay? So as I saw these things, then, okay, it started to somehow get inside of me that I could do that or I should do that or I would say walk in that. And if you've ever thought of that, God wants to use you in those areas, okay? So learn a little bit about these things. Don't think you have to be, quote, Billy Graham to preach or Greg Laurie or an Oral Roberts to heal. Not somebody that has to be known. No, you're yourself, just like me, okay? Just like I was. I was, quote, nobody in that sense of the word compared to people that I just mentioned. And God doesn't want you to have to be under the burden, well, I've got to get to this level before I can do things. No, he's interested in you going out right now, laying hands on the sick or whatever, that he commands or he leads you to do, okay? Uh, and as you do this, remember, the power is, is from God. The power is the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's why Jesus said, wait, get endued with power from on high, okay? It's not, again, your thing, or you have to kind of conjure it up, or I got to read 50 scriptures a day, or, or do something that would kind of like well up this power inside of me. No. When you hear these things and you know these things, like I say, just go start walking. Would everybody be healed? Would everybody be this? No, it's the same way that everybody doesn't get saved. Did many get saved? Yeah. Did some get healed? Yes. Okay. Um, and maybe you'll have better, if you want to call it, results than I did. Okay. All right, let's go on to the next thing. Um, I want to share to you that <clears throat> at some point you're going to learn multiple scriptures about how to witness or what to say to people or how to explain the new birth or how to explain to people that you know maybe you're in sin or obviously you're in sin obviously we all are but maybe they're not saved and they're not changed if you will they're not born again they don't have that new person that new spirit um, try to think of or try to learn some scriptures and just say this is a general way to explain salvation or explain what Jesus did on the cross and then you can present the gospel. Now, once you want to learn more, and you, you've kind of heard that I've referred to four or five books in particular, and of course now we're going through Romans, I would encourage you to read Romans, then Galatians, then Ephesians, and then Hebrews. Okay? They kind of outline the plan of salvation, kind of outline, I shouldn't say the plan of salvation, they kind of outline who you are, who we are, how are we justified, how do we stand, if I start getting into works, what does that affect me by? Are my works any good as far as salvation or justification? And finally, if you want a little bit more, then I'd go to Colossians and Philippians. And part of the reason is you want to have a security in yourself. So when the devil comes a knocking in your mind, am I really saved or have I done something? Or one day I'll talk a little bit about the unpardonable sin. Okay, somebody on a plane asked me, you, could you could a Christian commit the unpardonable sin? Well, generally speaking, we would say no. You cannot. You're a Christian. You could not do that. But again, we want to have some background so we can say things to people with the security that we have and encourage the security in them. All right. Well, let me go into a couple of these stories. Okay. Here's the first story. I had a friend that I played tennis with, and a couple of these I've shared, or parts of them I've shared before. One day I left a tract in his house, and uh, his mother let me know that was not a very smart thing to do. She was extremely upset, and I thought, well, that's <laughs> I'm not going to share the Lord with this family right now. This is not going to happen, okay? But one day my friend and I, I think we were outside of his house. I mean, I don't think we were at a tennis court because he'd had a serious leg injury. 
And basically, I kind of asked if I could pray for him. And you know, as I prayed for him, I almost had tears in my eyes, and I may have had tears in my eyes. I was really asking God to heal him and just trying to believe, if you would. Again, I've only been saved a few years. I didn't know much. But the thing that was that was touching to me was, here was someone I couldn't share the gospel with because his family forbade it, if you would, and had made it in no small terms. But he saw the sincerity in my heart, and I know that his heart was touched. And again, that's what we want to do. We want to touch hearts with the word or with an action so that the Holy Spirit can use that and then draw persons down the road or draw a person down the road. So even though I didn't get a chance to quote witness as far as preach the gospel, I did witness in the sense that I laid hands on him, and he saw that sincerity and that love, and it attracted him, it drew him. It was like, wow, this is different. I don't see people like Gary or people like these Christian people. Well, next story, remember I prayed for a missionary at an orphanage? Uh, this lady wore kind of like these big bottle-type glasses. I mean, they were horribly big and real strong and stuff. And again, she was down in Mexico, so maybe the point, she was in an orphanage kind of out in the field, if you would, or out in the countryside. So she didn't maybe have access to the best care, if you would. But God healed her. And for four years, she never wore glasses. Now, when I say this, think about that. She's a, a leader of an orphanage. She's worn glasses and heavy, this real thick glasses for years. And suddenly she's not wearing them. That was a witness to those children there. That was a witness to other workers. It was a witness to people that came. Okay? So again, when I say these things, God wants us to, if you want to call it, witness any way that we can. And he wants to use, okay, what we have done to touch the lives of others. Remember, he's trying to draw people. He wants everybody saved. So he wants to draw them and put things inside or show himself strong through people. So then these people will go, hey, ah, there's a God. I'm going I'm to start trying to find him or start trying to follow him. Or, gosh, Gary prayed for me and he was crying. It was so sincere and I've never seen people like that. Well, the last story I'm going to mention real quickly here is that it was the lady at the Crystal Cathedral. You know, this was a couple years after the event with the missionary. But anyways, I was outside waiting in an office because my friend was inside counseling. And it was a number of counselors. I don't remember how many rooms and stuff like that. But this lady came out, and I'd seen her come in. Um, she came out, and she was no better than where she was before. And here, again, when I mentioned identity, I knew I was a spirit-filled Christian. I knew the power of God, you know, same power that raised Jesus from the dead, dwelled in me. And I made I understood how these things all went together. But I understood I had a power. And I wanted to say to her, listen, I'd like to pray with you. If you'd let me, I want to pray with you. And I kind of let her know I'm, I'm a little different than the people here. And this is not a knock on the people there. They were good counselors, were excellent counselors. They gave very good counseling. But sometimes, maybe something else is needed, okay? God didn't say, okay, just teach everybody. He said, what? Cast out the sick, okay? I'm just saying, cast out <clears throat> demons and heal the sick. So he's trying to show us, yes, you're going to preach and teach, but there's a few other things. What does that mean? It means people have other needs, and God wants to meet those needs. Okay, so how did this thing work? Well, I walked in to her apartment. You know, I'd called her up and said, can I come over in a couple days or we'd change numbers or whatever. 
She knew that I was going to lay hands on her, and basically I just laid my left hand on her, on her forehead, and I don't remember if I said in the name of Jesus. I'm not sure I prayed anything. But instantly, as I put my hand on her, there was an electrical pulse or shock or power that went through my, right through my hands, touching her head, and her head began to shake and kind of go back from side to side. And, you know, I was like shocked. I had never heard of this, never seen it. Didn't really know what was happening as far as could I explain this. Well, what did happen was she got touched. She ran around the apartment saying, God's healed me. Because all that pain, all that oppression and depression and despair and that sorrow that was kind of just really, really weighting her down, it was suddenly gone. And again, I encourage you, I didn't have to know Okay, I couldn't give some theological explanation for what went on. I just remembered, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So that's what I did. Again, did I sit there and look at my hand? Yes, I'll be very honest with you, I did. I had no idea what happened. And be honest with you, I've never had it happen since that way. I've seen people heal and lay hands on them, but never that power flow through. Okay? And remember that Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and what? They will recover. They will recover. So kind of emphasize that. He said they will recover. So we're not like kind of play blind or kind of maybe throw the dice and see this. If I lay hands on, maybe they'll get healed or not. Now let's start walking in what the Word says, okay? It says as many believed on Him, they will be the sons and daughters of God. So if you're a believer listening to this radio show or the podcast, you are a son or daughter of God. Did I say that? No, the Word said that. So really emphasize, okay, what the Word says. All right, I'm going to stop. Or I'm going to stop. I'm going to go on to excuse me, one more story before I stop today. And this one would happen on the tennis courts. And I, next thing I want to kind of talk about as I go on is I want you to think. These stories I've been telling you, they were at a house or just outside of a house of my friend. They were in an orphanage. They were in an apartment building. Now, the, the orphanage was a Christian orphanage, but still, it was just an orphanage. And none of these things, if you notice, none of them happened in church. None of them happened at a church event. It wasn't a whole bunch of believers. It was basically myself and the, quote, person I ministered to, the person that they were to pray for or touch or share with and stuff. So again, as you go into the highways and byways of life, God wants to use you where you're at. See, He can use you and me today even if our church doesn't have a service, even if our church doesn't have an outreach, he can use us to touch lives. Well, here we are in a tennis court, and I'll give you a little background. I was a tennis coach. In this particular case, um, I was coaching a girls' team. Okay, And what I did is I got the, the, the girls, if you would, the players, to go ahead and practice serves. So they'd have a small bucket of balls in front of them. There'd be maybe two or three in each court, so they'd be spread out. They'd throw the ball up, and they'd try to hit a serve and try to use the correct motion, and where do you take it back, and how do you do this, and where's your back, and where's the toss, and all those kind of things. Well, remember how God in the Christmas story used some angels to talk to people and do some things? Well, here's exactly what happened in the story. Um, I have got to one player. She was having trouble. I kind of looked at her grip. I watched her ball toss. I didn't really see anything off or didn't notice anything that caused a problem. And I'm looking at the player. Her arm position was okay. She kind of had her arm back. 
And as I'm looking kind of up at the top of her arms, kind of going forward at the top of her head, all right, suddenly my head went straight down. It just like, boom, my head was up and then my head was down. Well, here's what happened, okay? The player was looking at me. She could see that I was looking at her elbow and her arm and stuff above her head, so I wasn't looking down. Something just forced my head down. Well, she took that as an angel forced my head down, and guess what? An angel did, because I didn't look down. I wasn't planning to look down. And she starts running through the courts going, an angel touched his head. An angel pushed his head down. An angel made him look down. And he was not looking at my feet, but an angel made him do that. Well, listen, we're about out of time today, so I'll continue with the story again. But remember some of the things we shared today. Learn some scriptures. Let the power of the Holy Spirit work through you and begin to see things in the highways and byways of life, not just in church services or some formal situation. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And God bless you. Have a great day. And come to see you next time as we go into all the world.